Holy Spirit, we so welcome you today. Lord, we're conscious that we don't need more information, but we need transformation. Would you add your power to this message so that as people listen and as they watch, their lives will be impacted by your spirit. You'd speak a word in season. Many would be transformed. Some even healed, receive a breakthrough. Father, anoint your servant to minister your word today in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that brings change and transformation. I ask these things in Jesus' name. I want to start with this incredible story, a great crisis that takes place, and uh, it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 to 4, 6, 8, and 18 to 20. Let's look at this together. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites invaded the south and Ziglag and attacked Ziglag and burned it with fire. They had taken captive the woman and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city. There it was, burned with fire. Imagine that. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken. And David and the people who were with them lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse 6, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened or encouraged himself in the Lord. Now watch what happens. Verse 8, So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered them, Pursue, you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Imagine that promise from God. And so then we go down to verses, uh, where is it? Verses 18 to 20. I've just got to turn this page here. Here we go. 18. So David recovered all, wow, that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Then David took all the flocks and the herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoils. This is an amazing story. So David and his 600 mighty men, they had won, they'd been out fighting. They'd won victory after victory after victory. But now when they return home from battle, their city is burned, their houses are burned, their wives, their children are taken away captive. They were winning on one front at war, at battle, but they were losing at home can happen to any of us. We can win outside, work, career, but we can lose at home. Or we can win in some areas, but at the same time, lose in other areas. That's common for all of us. And it happened to David and his mighty men. David and his men never saw this coming. Do you know what? Our world, you and me, we never saw COVID or lockdown coming. Just appeared from out of nowhere and for some people it's a bit like david their lives finances relationships have been burned down and they're struggling we hear a lot about stewarding our time our money our gifts even relationships plenty of books on that but we have very little on how to steward a crisis how do you steward pain? How do you steward what David and his mighty men 
went through. And we really, really, I believe with all my heart, we got, it, we got to know this. You know what? The consequences are enormous. Because if we know how to steward it properly, we can come out better, stronger, <laughs> closer to God, treasures of darkness. We can recover all in a sense. But if we don't steward it well, we can come out bitter, angry, unforgiving. We can even drift away from God. So it's my prayer that this message, or these parts of it, are going to help you to steward a crisis. And we're in a crisis right now, but maybe you're in a different crisis. Really well, and come out better. Come out closer to God. Come out recovering so much. Everyone has a battle. <laughs> Isn't that true? And it doesn't matter what your background is. doesn't matter where you live, your career, how good-looking or not good-looking you are, what kind of car you drive, the street you live in. It doesn't matter. We all face battles. In some ways, that's encouraging, isn't it? It's sort of kind of comforting that we haven't been picked out specially for a, a hard life. It's, it comes to everyone. And, you know, we're all wounded. I don't know about you. Well, I know you're wounded. I don't know if you know you are, but I know you are. But I know I'm wounded as well. We're all wounded. But the problem is we can't heal our own wounds. We have to turn to God to heal our wounds. See, I reckon there's a, the scripture teaches something like this. I reckon there's a warranty on your life <laughs> that if something gets broken, the manufacturer will fix it. Who's the manufacturer? God who created you. Let me give you a scripture on this. We've been talking about this quite a lot, isn't it? Isaiah 61. God will heal the brokenhearted, liberty to the captives, comfort all who mourn, beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning. That sounds a bit like the manufacturer healing, restoring what gets broken in your life and in my life. So be encouraged. As long as you're still fighting, it means the enemy has not beaten you. You are not beaten. Congratulations. You're, you're online. You're watching this. That tells me you're still in the fight. You're still in the battle. Because if you don't quit, there's something in store for you that's greater than your struggle. And that's what this passage is going to teach us today. So make a decision right now. Come on, right now. You decide today you will not quit. You will not Give up and, ref and make a decision <laughs> that I try to make, David, I think, would have made, that you refuse to go through this crisis, through this pain, without it propelling you forward. You refuse to come out the same person. You're going to come out better. Hey, make that decision. Decisions are powerful. In fact, our lives really amount to the decisions that we make if we follow through on them. I heard someone say this, your condition is not your conclusion. Where you're at right now, come on, God is going to change. God's going to move you forward. You will never, you're not going to just stay the way you are today. And aren't you glad of that? I'm glad I'm not going to stay the way I am today. Boy, that would be a nightmare. But I thank God that my current condition is not the end of the story. God is going to do some amazing things in my life and your life. So David and his mighty men, just watch this for a moment. They're in crisis. They're in great pain. And Bible says they weep until they could weep no more. Think about that. These are mighty men. 
These are warriors. They're fighters. They're killers. <laughs> They're not kind of emotionally unstable weaklings. These are mighty men. And we read, they weep. Not just a tear here and there. They weep till they can weep no more. I thought real men didn't weep, didn't cry. Well, this seems to really contradict this in the situation. See, sometimes the best response to a crisis and a struggle is allow yourself a few tears. Hey, maybe heaps of tears, because that's what David and his mighty men did. I think this is a part of the process of stewarding pain crisis well. John Eldridge said this, a wound that goes unacknowledged and unwept is a wound that cannot heal. Don't let your wound go unacknowledged and unwept. Shakespeare, that great writer, think about this one. He said this, to weep is to make less the depth of grief. Amazing, isn't it? See, tears are a God-given emotion. They're from God, and they're given us to help us to handle challenges. So even though we always talk about we're more than conquerors, we're overcomers, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and that's all true, but it still means it's okay at times to weep. Guess who wept in Scripture? This might surprise you. Well, we know Jesus wept. People say, yeah, we know Jesus wept. I just researched it. I couldn't come up with all the names because there were too many. Jacob wept. David, as we've seen. Joseph, did you know that? Joseph wept. Yeah, Elisha, Jeremiah, Paul, Peter. It just goes on and on. Add Tarkbana there as well. They all wept. See, we're not to live in denial. We're allowed to show our feelings because that's not a lack of faith. It really isn't. You read the Psalms, incredible expressions, depth of feeling and despair and tears and, you know, agony and crying out to, out, crying out to God. And so it's okay to say, I'm not okay. You say, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm confused. I'm scared. I'm worried. That's okay. Look, we all feel those things. Don't be too hard on yourself because sometimes you need to feel what you're going through in order to get through it. Sometimes you need to talk about what you're going through, not deny it, in order to actually get through it. You've got to get it out so you can get over it and to move on. Sometimes you've got to do more than, hey, you know, I'm a man for the Bible. But just reading the verses and praying, sometimes you've got to do that, but you also need to do a bit more than that. Let yourself, don't deny your emotions. I guess that's what I'm trying to say here right now. You know, <laughs> every so often, you don't meet too many of these these days, but years gone by, you'd have super spiritual Christians that would never own up to any pain. You know, everything was always cool. You know, they were on top of the game all the time, but you knew that underneath they were, they were falling apart. And friends, you know, I'm not one of those. <laughs> to be honest, I've had times, sometimes days on end, where I've not wanted to get out of bed and face the day. And I'm not talking about 20, 30 years ago. Even in recent times. You know, things get on top of us and we feel those things. But I don't let myself feel down and out about it. I don't let myself feel that I'm backslidden or something like that. So, or, you know, losing my way in God. David's men wept until they had no more power to weep. Here's the key word, until. Until. See, there has to come an until moment in your life and mine where we've wept, but now we start to turn a corner. We don't weep forever, all right? You know, 
Weeping may last for a night, is it? Joy comes in the morning. You don't last forever. It may last for a season, but not forever. You get to that until moment when you say, I'm tired of talking about it. I'm done with texting about it, complaining about it. You have your until moment. And then David strengthened, encouraged himself in the Lord. See, there was no other help around him. So he had to turn to the Lord and say, I've had times in my life where no one else could help me. And I was in a crisis and it just felt like it was just me and God. There are times when your friends really can't help you. Well, they're not there to help you. Your husband can't help you. Your wife can't help you. You know, the church can't do a whole lot more. And all that's left (laughs) is you and God. Here's the good news. You and God is a winning combination. You and God is enough. David and God got him through to recover all. This is the pattern of Scripture. David encouraged himself in the Lord, not in his circumstances, because they were all bad. He couldn't look there. He had to look up, not down or not around. So just remind yourself, look up. That's where your help comes from. Just a few thoughts on who faces distress, distress and discouragement. Would you know? Everybody. We know Jesus did. We know all those Bible greats I mentioned did. Sometimes we can think of our spiritual enough, I'm not going to get too discouraged, not going to get too depressed. But actually, we do get discouraged and depressed. Many of the Bible greats got discouraged. Think of Elijah. He wanted to end his life. <laughs> so did Jonah. He wanted to end his. Um, Jeremiah. Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of all time, struggled greatly with depression, as did Martin Luther. So we need to be honest with our discouragement, with our despair, with our struggle. So how do you encourage yourself in the Lord? Let me give you some ways to do this. Number one is remember past victories. I reckon David would have remembered what the day he was just looking after a few sheep. No home, no possessions. Well, not much, no wife, no kids, no army, kind of like not much. He would have remembered the day he killed the lion and a bear. You can be sure of that. He would have recalled, like he's in a crisis. He would have recalled the day he took on Goliath and brought him down. He would have remembered when David and when um, Saul threw javelins at him, that he escaped the, the, the edge of the, edge of the ja- javelin and was not killed. So he would have rehearsed these tremendous victories that he had won in his lifetime. And friends, in crisis, that's one of the things how we encourage ourselves in the Lord. Think back. The Bible talks so much about remember, remember, remember. You know, God's been with you in the past. He's going to be with you in the presence. Dr. Norton, he had a picture hanging in his office. Guess what it was made of? Burnt pieces of a shirt cuff. Amazing. And he had framed it and put it up on his wall. You know what it was for? It was to remind him when he was a young man, he was tying two horses to a tree. Lightning struck. The two horses were killed. And uh, Dr. Norton, his right hand and his arm were badly burnt and paralyzed. But eventually he just recovered. And he thought to himself that God had rescued him from death and that God must have a work for him to do. So he got those burnt cuffs, framed them up to remind him, to remember that God had been with him in the past. God had blessed him. He'd won a victory, if you like, in the past. And that would have encouraged him on dark moments, I'm sure, as he looked at that frame, that thing on the wall, he would have thought, right, yeah, God's been good to me in the past. Second way to encourage yourself in the Lord is Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope, don't you love this? May the God of hope, that's what our God is. He's all about hope. 
you've lost hope, listen to this verse. Let it speak to you right now. And I think there's people tuned in right now. This verse from this whole message, this is your verse. Grab a hold of it. I'll go back to it. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you, fill you with all joy. <laughs> Imagine that. And peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> you may abound in hope. The thought there is to overflow in hope, more hope than you could ever need. And I've hoped to offer it to others. So the Holy Spirit, as you look to him, can encourage you, fill you with hope in the midst of your crisis, in the midst of pain, in the midst of lockdown. He can give you hope. Come on, we're not without help. We've got God with us and he can give us great hope. I'm going to pray for this for you at the end of this message. Number two, rehearse Bible verses that promise you have a great future. Look, this is so important. Because, you know, your mind's going to keep telling you, oh, the future's bleak, There's, nothing's going to work out, I'm not going to get where I want to get to, and, you know, you're in a bad, bad, bad. But that's not the truth. So we've got to go back to the Word of God, because the Word of God is the truth, and the truth is what sets you free. So Jeremiah 29, 11, in the NCV, we've said this before, I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. That's the promise of God. I'll give you hope and a good future. Psalm 23, verse 6, you must know this by now, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Every day, God's goodness and mercy is there. But that's a promise of a great future. In fact, they say when written in Chinese, <laughs> the word crisis is composed of two characters. One represents danger, the other represents opportunity. Make the decision that your crisis is going to be an opportunity to move forward in God. Number four is remind yourself of the greatness and the power of God. J just remember it. Read some of the miracles. He is the way maker. He is the promise keeper. With God, nothing is impossible. You know, he is the God who parted the Red Sea, brought water from a rock, made the axe head float. He walked on water. He raised the dead. He opened blind eyes. He has all power and he can work a miracle for you. Receive that into your spirit right now. That the God you serve is a miracle, miracle worker. Hebrews 13, 6 says this. We can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Hey, you can be confident in crisis. Because the Lord is your helper. You need not fear. So, after David has encouraged himself in the Lord, he's now energized to fight. It's hard to fight when you're down and out. But with energy, David now has the strength to get up and go. Then he does something essential, something critical to victory. Guess what it is? Something very simple. He prays. You've got to pray if you want to get through your crisis and move forward. So 1 Samuel 30 verse 8, David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail, recover all. David must have wondered, could he really recover all? He'd lost so much. City, family, house, wives, possessions. Maybe you've lost some of these as well. God's word to you today is, hey, you can recover all. Now, sometimes it may look a bit different to what you lost, but still you come out with recovery and with the blessing of God. So David just didn't sit back in self-pity, <laughs> keep on moaning and groaning. No, there came an until moment. When he made a decision to get up and go after what he had, had been stolen from him. 
So you need to say to yourself, okay, I'm not going to just sit here feeling sorry for myself, worrying, grumbling. In the name of the Lord, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go down to the enemy's camp and I'm going to start to take back what he has stolen from me. My son, my position, my health, my finances, whatever it might be, you're going to go down and take it back. David doesn't just recover all there are spoils of victory. In other words, he gets more than he had actually lost. And I believe that's God's plan for us, that we come out with more. It may look different, but you can come out with a closer walk with God. You can come out with more faith. You can come out with a, a greater confidence in your life. You can come out with a developed prayer life. You can come out with treasures of darkness, but also to recover some of the specific, tangible things that you have lost. The pattern of Scripture is you come out with more. Lisa Harper, some of you might know her, went through seven months of an adoption process. She fell in love with the mother and the baby that she was going to get. Always good to go, and then suddenly there's a phone call. It's all cancelled. It's fallen through. She's shattered. Would you believe the same day her mother rings her and says she's been to the doctors and she's got cancer. So she prays for her mother. The same day, the father rings up and tells her, now the father and mother had divorced, rings up and says, um, my cancer that I had has come back. I've got two months to live. Lisa collapses on the floor, overcome. You know what? Next day, she actually had to fly overseas, I think it was, to a conference to speak on the faithfulness of God. She thought, I don't know if I can do this. But she rose to the challenge by recalling God's repeated faithfulness to her over many years. See, remember. The amazing thing is her mum recovered. Her dad lived on for another eight months and then passed away. But the greatest miracle of all, listen to this, was that the parents reconciled after not speaking to each other for 40 years. Did you hear that? 40 years. God is the master of reconciling relationships. Believe for that in this time of lockdown. And then two weeks later, she was able to adopt another child. She recovered what was lost, and in many ways, she recovered more. There were other miracles that came into play. You know, some verses that actually teach us that we can come out with more. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. All things. God's going to work it for good, for blessing, for those who love God. John 10, 10, the thief does not come to accept to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The devil steals, God adds, but not just adds, he adds abundantly. He always does a bit more than the devil. Isaiah 45.3 says, I'll give you the treasures of darkness. Give, me, give you a couple of examples of how this happens in Scripture. Remember Joseph? Lost his robe of many colors. Lost his friendship with his brothers. They threw him in the pit. He ends up in prison. You know, he, he lost, well, I mean, he just lost so much. I guess he lost his family in the process, separated from his dad. But you and I know the story. He recovers all. Covers his family. Becomes like the prime minister of the greatest nation, most powerful nation in the world, of Egypt. Job is another story similar to this or in a different way. He lost family, possessions, wealth, friends. But do you know what happened in the end? Job 42 verse 10. The Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Twice as much. Listen carefully. Your best days are ahead of you. 
They are not behind you. That's the teaching of the Word of God. That is the truth. And I want you to believe the truth, not believe what you feel, not believe, you know, history or whatever, not believe all the other things that you hear in your ear, but believe the Word of God. There's so many scriptures that the future is good and bright. But I've got to give you a vital key for all of this to happen in your life, all right? If you really want this, you want to recover or come out with better stuff, there's a key that you can't miss. It's a verse of scripture I've used before. I'm going to read it again to you. 2 Corinthians 7, uh, 9 to 10 from the Message Translation, which says, You let distress bring you to God. Mm, so important. Not drive you from Him. The result was all gain, no loss. Distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. We never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets. When we respond right and turn to God, the result is gain and not loss. Well, with COVID, lockdown, so many losses, businesses, families, finances, mental health, churches unable to meet, I believe God will have the final say. I believe like David, we will recover all and more besides. That's the God I have served, friends, for 40 years. He has not failed me. He has not let me down. The future gets better all the time. Yeah, there's crises. Yeah, there's struggles. But as you turn to God, the future is always better than the past. So let's continue to believe for lockdown miracles, for freedom, to come out closer to God. As we unite together, as the church unites, as the church begins to pray, I believe the church also can come out stronger, come out with increased numbers, can come out more united, more powerful than ever before, and help turn New Zealand to Jesus. We come out with more. Stewarding a crisis, stewarding pain, it's okay to weep. Don't shut down your emotions. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Come to the until moment when you say, I will now get up, get going, down to the enemy's camp, and I'm going to start to take back what he's stolen from me. You can recover all and more besides. We serve an amazing, miracle-working God. Amen. Hey, if this message has touched your heart, it's blessed you and encouraged you, please, why not share it with someone else? It could be like a postcard of blessing to them. I want to come now and just have a few minutes where we take time to really meet with God. I believe this part of the service is so crucial because, you know, you've heard information. I trust God's touched your heart. But right now, I'm going to believe for the Holy Spirit in a significant way to minister to you. So the first thing I want to do is, if you're in a weeping season, struggling season, you're really discouraged, you need that until moment. You need faith to rise in your heart. Why don't you just reach out in faith right now as I pray a prayer for you. God, I thank you for the promises of your word that we have a great future in you. And Lord, you said that you wipe away all tears. Lord, I thank you that we're allowed to let tears flow. But right now, I pray that, Lord, as your people have processed, as each one's processed through the pain, processed through the tears, 
that, Lord, I declare over each one right now an until moment. Lord, as they encourage themselves in the Lord. And God, I pray right now they'll be able to get up, get going again. And Holy Spirit, pour hope, pour faith into each and every person that may be struggling right now. Father, we pray, and may they recover all and more besides, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I've got a couple of declarations for you right now that I want us to say together. The first one is, I will recover more than I have lost. How about that? Come on. You ready for that? I will recover more than I have lost. Get, get that in your spirit. Come and get it deep down. It may look different, but you're going to come out better, stronger, closer to God, treasures of darkness, all that kind of stuff. Come on, let's say it again. I will recover more than I have lost. I hope you're receiving that. Here's another one. The Church of New Zealand will come out stronger, more powerful, and increased numbers. I reckon that's a really good one. We've got a belief for that. Okay, you ready? Let's go. A couple of times. The Church of New Zealand will come out stronger, more powerful, and increased numbers. The Church of New Zealand will come out stronger, more powerful, and increased numbers. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe it. Come on, let's believe it together. Uh, just one last thought right now is, hey, look, if you're sick, I'd love to pray for you. Wherever you're sick in your body, if, if you can, if it's suitable to do, put your hand, your heart, your hand, or put, put your hand wherever you need to. You know, it's your heart or maybe in your mind or wherever it might be. Why don't you do that? Let me just pray. Come on, let's believe for online miracles. You ready for this? Got your hand where it should be? All right, let me pray. Father, right now, I thank you that you said in your word, by your stripes, we are healed. And Lord, I pray right now, release the healing power of God. I command every infirmity to go, every sickness to leave, every discouragement, every depression, every torment to go in the name of Jesus. And Lord, would you release your healing power? Lord, spirit, soul and body. Lord, because we have your warranty that our manufacturer who created us has basically said if something gets broken, he will fix it. Lord, I thank you for healing your people right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, please, please send us through the testimonies of what God is doing in your life. For those of you that have tuned in today, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're not saved, you're not a Christian, I want you to know this. God loves you, accepts you, regardless of what kind of life you've lived, more than any words I could ever use to express. Giving your life to Jesus is the greatest decision you'll ever make. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, that whoever, that includes you, believes in Him, would not perish but have everlasting life. If you want to give your life to Jesus, or you're away from God and you need to come back to Him today, pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. You died on the cross for me. I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Congratulations if you made that decision. Please do contact us. We'd love to help you in this new journey with God.